Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! What's good, Magic fans? Welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, episode 12. Uh, I'm joined once again with my usual two comrades, uh, Mr. Paul Bacon. How are you, sir? Good evening. I'm very well, thanks. How's yourself, guys? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, mate. Um, Mr. Michael Clark. Evening, Geraint. How's it going? All right, mate. I'm very well. Yeah, you're not sulking over the Liverpool result? Uh, just a little bit. I was throwing things around the living room this afternoon, watching that, but there we go. <laughs> Magic Can I just say... Uh, can I just say, as a Leeds fan, I'm sulking over the Liverpool result as well. <laughs> it doesn't help it us when we still have a point. It's one of it those happens, days. Doesn't it? But if the Magic yeah. wins tonight, we'll all be happy. So Absolutely. Absolutely, you've got it. Um, we're joined uh, today with a very special guest, um, Mr Daniel Durham, who joins us from um, Groveland in Orlando. <laughs> Uh, an ex-Magic employee. Um, so, how are you, Daniel? I'm excellent. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Thank you, mate. Great to have you on. Great to be so, on. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so, without further ado, we will kick it off with a, a short little roundup of what's happened in the world of the Orlando Magic uh, in the last seven days. Um, luckily, um, I had one injury in the last week. Um, that was to James Ennis with a sore toe. Uh, he just missed uh, last Friday's game with the Atlanta Hawks. We've not made any new signings or trades. Um, and we've got a basketball game to talk about for the first time in a couple of months. So that's all very exciting. So without further ado, um, we'll go over to that game. So preseason game number one uh, versus the Atlanta Hawks at Phillips Arena. Uh, the Magic took it 116 to 112. We used 15 players, um, missing Terence Ross, James Ennis, as mentioned, and the two casualties from earlier in the, the preseason, I suppose, in uh, Alfaruk Aminu and Mo Bamba. Um, Magic shot 45%, 28% from three, 69% at the line. 15 turnovers and some decent figures uh, in terms of the defense with eight blocks and 10 steals. Um, we were led by Nick Vucevic with 18 and 11 in 25 minutes. Aaron Gordon, 12 and 6 in a limited 16 minutes. And a couple of key contributions from Evan Fournier, 13. Um, and our new signing, Dwayne Bacon, um, who was, I'd say, was very impressive. Um, in, in short minutes, he scored 14 points, looked pretty decent. And we had a good run out for our rookies, Cole Anthony and Chuma Okiki. Um, how did you see the game, Paul? Uh, for me, um, I was very happy. I thought the, the starting unit played really, really well. Um, Dwayne Bacon coming in, he took on the mantle he's he's been saying how much he's been looking forward to playing again under Steve Clifford uh that he's quite confident his game suits Steve Clifford's game uh and 
you looked at how he came in. He came in with confidence. He shot well. Was it first uh, five shots he actually made? Mm. Took five for five to start with. Finished on six of nine. But he was great. He came in and played well. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, but I thought Evan Fournier played really well. Uh, he even played some defence, which that was a bit of a shock. But let's not get carried away. It was a, It's the first pre-season game. It was all about uh, the process, the the getting some understanding for the new guys who, what is it, three weeks since uh, the since draft. So it's not a lot yeah. of time for the guys to acclimatise coming into the club. So it was good to see them play well. Uh, we came away with no new, no new injuries. Uh, we took the win, which was nice. We saw some good rotations. We saw some good energy. Aaron Gordon looked good returning. Cole Anthony, in his debut, uh, I read in his post-game interview that he wasn't happy with his own performance. Uh, you know, like we say, it's three weeks since he was drafted. He's come in um, and he made seven points, three assists. I thought as the game went on, he grew he grew into it. And a lot of the players that he was actually playing with over that period of time, he's not going to play an awful lot with because we saw a lot of the... Uh, two-way and the 10-day contract guys. There were, what was it, five debuts, six debuts. But overall, I'm happy. I thought that we played well. But we also have to remember, it has been nine months since the Hawks have played basketball and they have brought a whole host of players in. So it's let's see where we go again tonight. But overall, first night out, I was very happy. Excellent. Mikey? Yeah, I'm going to echo... Uh, a lot of what Paul had to say, really. If you look at the, the starters, is really balanced and scoring. They're all in double in double digits. Uh, Vooch was Vooch, wasn't he? He had a solid game. Uh, Eighteen points, eleven rebounds, four assists. At times, it felt like every time he touched the ball, he was going to score, didn't, didn't it? Um, I thought he had a really good game. Uh, Paul's already mentioned Paul uh, Dwayne Bacon. I was going to say Paul Bacon. Then <laughs> I'm sorry, did I miss my debut? You did, yeah, you, you did great. <laughs> Uh, but he, he, uh, I think he surprised all of us by starting um, to begin with. But let's be honest; it's like Paul said; it's already pre it's game number one. It's all about getting their conditioning up, getting those reps up for everybody, and and just getting back into the rhythm of playing games again. Tonight's probably we're probably going to see the minutes ramp up a little bit for a few players. Um, I thought Aaron Gordon was possibly the best player on the floor at times. Um, I love his new Afro. Afro man, are we going to call him? Big hair. <laughs> um, but I, I thought he was outstanding when he was playing. Uh, Cole Anthony, I thought, looked a little bit nervous and was maybe trying a little bit too hard when he first came on. But as he got as the game went on, he grew into it. Um, Chuma Akiki as well forced a few shots to begin with, but he looked like he, he could be a useful role player. Again, I think I text Paul this during the game, or you, or, or after when we were watching it the following day. You, th you think of how good we looked, and against a team that everybody's expecting to be a level above us this year. All right, they haven't played for nine months, but we're missing Terence Ross, we're missing Aminu, we're missing Bamba. All right, we're not going to have Isaac this season either, but there's more depth to come for this team, and I think that's going to be. A positive this season but yeah first run out of the season I, I don't think you can argue with with the effort and the performance that they put in 
No, good. And uh, you just mentioned there about Vucevic. Um, we had to listen to the Atlanta Hawks commentators, didn't we? Um, unfortunately, because he was picked up by Fox Sports um, Southeast, was it? Southwest. Mm-hmm. And um, he, they were saying, you know, every time they play Nikola Vucevic, he just goes on a tear against them. So let's just hope he continues to do that every time we play Atlanta. Daniel, um, what did you think, mate? Uh, I agree with uh, a lot of the comments that were made by both Mikey and Paul in terms of how he played. Uh, we do have to take it with a grain of salt because it is preseason. So that's always, you know, not exactly the, the real life thing. Um, I was really interested to see how Markel and how um, Michael Carter Williams played now that the point guard rotation has changed. Um, so seeing them both come out and play really well, that kind of made me feel a little bit better about that situation because realistically, we're not going to have DJ out there. And he's going to be missed. So uh, it was interesting to see them playing well. Um, I agree with a lot of what they said about Cole. Um, I think one of the problems in the NBA is that college is so different from the real thing that a lot of these players can take almost a year before they even get comfortable out there playing, let alone being able to produce and, and, and do well for the team. But it'd be interesting to see his development. And then uh, uh, the one thing they didn't touch on is Kem Birch actually came out and played really well too. So shout out to Kem Birch for only doing, almost doing a double double himself. Um, not to mention Vucevic, of course, uh, bringing in his steady um, double point figures on a, uh, couple stats there so really happy overall with the game hope to see more of it ken had that nice yeah. uh, crossover didn't he when yeah. he got up off the bench and was it an and one i think it was he's he's a beast he i'm, was. I'm excited he... to see more of him yeah i was also no, interested was... To see... sorry g i was also no, interested on, just that moment we had a short period of time where we got to see markel and cole anthony on the floor together um hopefully it can develop into something along the lines of a uh, Toronto situation where you've got Kyle Lowry and uh, Fred Van Vliet able to function together as a double-pronged, effective backcourt. And hopefully we can get something like that. So it was good to see those have just a short period of time together. It was, absolutely. I was just about to say exactly the same. So well, well done on jumping on that. Um, so the Magic play tonight against the Hawks in uh, round two, or game two, sorry. Um, and then we host two more preseason games against the Charlotte Hornets on the 18th and 20th at the Amway Centre before opening the season on the 23rd against the Miami Heat. Um, so what's next on my agenda? So we're going to talk a little bit about our guest, Mr. Daniel Durham, friend of the show, I'll say. Every time we seem to go to Orlando, we meet up, we have a few beers, we go for a go to watch the games. We even meet up on, um, you know, days where the ga- games aren't on, don't we, Dan? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, you work at the team store. So tell us when you started at the team store. Uh, so I think it was around, I'm always questioning this, but I think it's around 2007. What I can recall is that we were selling Grand Hill jerseys for $5 because everyone was mad at him. That was a big thing. We were selling his replicas for $5 a piece to get rid of them and nobody wanted them. And uh, I know we got knocked out by either the Pistons that year or it might've been our dreaded rival Toronto at the time. So one of the two. Um, And that was the big deal at the time, but I was only barely aware of basketball when I, uh, when I actually went and joined the team to work there. So yeah, of course, I, I got to know um, you through your previous boss, Lewis Hagerman. 
Um, and he said, Daniel, Dan will take care of you. And we've just got to know each other, haven't we? And, you know, we're best of friends now, talking over the internet Absolutely. and everything. So, um, and we managed to take a, uh, a trip, didn't we, Dan, to Miami back yeah. on the, in 2015, in April. So myself and my wife, Amy, uh, met up with Daniel and Rihanna and they kindly drove us to Miami. We um, played them second or third last game of the season, if I recall rightly. It was the um, last game, yeah, of the regular season for them. It was their last. Yeah, but but the interesting story was, so we were there, we were in the back of the lower bowl. So, you know, you wave at Dante, Dante, they all, all see you there. So we um, sit down and there's a couple of college guys, aren't there? Magic fans as well, in and around the same area as us. So we think, that's okay. So we can be a bit noisy. Yep. Um, so at the time, I think the Magic were winning and results weren't going the way of the Heat. So they were going to be eliminated from the playoffs there and then uh, for the first time in a long time because this was the first season after LeBron had left. So um, we started a chant, didn't we, Dan? No more playoffs. Do you remember? I would say you're right, started that chant, but I joined <laughs> in because, you know, I had a beer and I was into it and I was fired up. And then uh, a guy, uh, a couple rows from court did not appreciate that so much. And uh, he actually stood up and I remember he took his hat off and he like threw it down and he went, don't you say that. Don't you dare say that. It was, yeah. it was pretty hysterical. Like you said, I'll see you outside. He wanted like, to meet yeah, us whatever. outside. Yeah, there's about eight of us, so we're all right. <laughs> we'll meet you, you there, see, man. Did you see the angry little Welshman come out at him? <laughs> it was. It, it got. It got aggressive. Geraint was ready to go. He's like, "I'll meet you outside." <laughs> we lost the game in the end, but they they got eliminated the same night. So um, you know, it was one of those games, wasn't it? Um, guys, have you got any questions for Dan? Dan, if I can, um, what was your first actual live game that you went to? So my first game that I actually went to was one that I worked. Um, I had started with the team and I, and I didn't really know that much about basketball. Um, Lewis, actually, I thought he was going to get rid of me after my first day there because we were stocking jerseys and uh, we kept hanging them. And I kept saying, well, who's this Howard guy? Is Howard like a big deal? Why is everyone? We have so many of his jersey. And he looked at me like I had two heads. Um, but one day we were working together and he was uh, saying that they were shorthanded over at um, what was Amway Arena. And he was like, we're shorthanded at the arena. Do you want to work a game? And I was like, I've never been to a basketball game. That would be a good time. Why not? So drove out there for the first time ever. And uh, they stuck me in a booth outside of the game, this little like uh, trailer. And he was like, here you go. Here's a bag full of money. They didn't have registers out there. So I was literally working out of a bag full of money. And he's like, just sell what you can here and let me know if you need change. And uh, half the stuff wasn't priced. So I was just making it up as I went. So we had foam fingers there, you know, the little number one finger. And I was like, how much could that be? It's made of foam, $5. So I sold a bunch of them at $5 a piece. And then I had these little stuff figures. And I was like, eh, $10. So later on, I go into the arena and I find out that foam fingers are $10. And I was selling them for half price outside of the arena. <laughs> I was like, please don't fire me. I didn't know there was no price limit. I don't know. So uh, I think a lot of people that day got some uh, really good deals. And I'm sure when they went into the arena, they were like, wow, I could have gotten a better deal outside. That's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. Who were they playing? Uh, I do not know. I honestly do not remember. <laughs> I wish I could tell you, but I don't remember. Is, it, is um, 
I understand as well from uh, speaking to Grant that opening night's a big thing for you. You and Rayanna, you have a uh, date night at opening night if you can. We do. Yeah. So I worked for the Magic for a total of nine years. And the only like ticket request that I would make every year was to, for us to do the home opener. Our first official date together um, prior to our marriage was going to a Magic game. Uh, I kind of wanted to show her my world. So we went to um, Bento downtown because she loves Chinese food. Bento, shout out to Bento. And um, then we went over to... Um, Amway Center and she watched her first magic game and uh, it, it's one of the few places on earth that I feel like a celebrity because I know so many people at just from working there for so long and people recognize me like hey Dan the ushers and security and you get to feel it's a little cliche but you feel like a little bit of a family when you work a lot of seasons together uh, not only with my retail people but with everyone there so uh, getting to walk around and be kind of a big shot in front of uh, this girl that I was dating was uh, an awesome experience and you know it worked out since we're married now so <laughs> It's cool. Cool first date. That's cool. Cool first date, mate. I like it. Yeah. Have you got anything, Michael? Yeah. Uh, what's have you had any celebrities in whilst you've been working? And have you got any crazy, crazy stories that you can that you can share? Yeah, I think that we've had quite a few. In terms of celebrities, I think the biggest celebrity that I met was the twins from Harry Potter. So the actual, the Harry Potter twins came in for a game. They're actually big magic fans, which is kind of cool. Um, but they came into the shop to buy and, uh, you know, I know this is going on the internet, so hopefully they won't hate me for this, but one of them bought a jacket from the men's side and one of them bought a jacket from the women's side, but we didn't want to tell him that because he liked it so much. So whichever one of the, the Phelps twins bought that, just, you know, it's a women's jacket. That's why it's, it's fine. That's fine. Uh, but I think the craziest experience working all-star Working the All-Star weekend almost destroyed me. We were working 14-hour days. So it was just every day, 14 hours from the beginning, stocking up, and then working through the game, staying after. Um, those All-Star games were probably the craziest. And then working finals, definitely working the finals run. I've never had anything quite like that experience. Somebody rubbed money on my face when we clinched the finals. It just wanted that, uh, that clinched gear so bad. So... I think uh, making it to finals and then uh, all-star were probably our craziest work days there for sure. Cool. And any um, player stories? You must have had the players come into the store. We did. Um, so I actually had, we had three players working there. Tobias Harris worked with me directly over at Jersey station. Tobias, super nice guy. The player that came in most often, this is going to be kind of a weird one, but Kyle O'Quinn. Kyle O'Quinn was always in the team shop. He's a super nice guy, hard worker. Um, I never met Aaron, but his sister would come into the team shop all the time. And she's super sweet. She's almost like a, a twin of him in a way. So they have a lot of facial features in common. So I was like, hey, I know you. And then uh, Alfred Payton came in. Alfred is way taller in person. I think uh, when you see him on, on TV and you're kind of looking and he kind of looks like Jameer Nelson height. And then you see him physically and you're like, this man is six, four. This is a tall, not even counting the hair. He hasn't got it anymore. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I miss it. That's where all his power was. Yeah. Um, and you um, filmed uh, part of a commercial at the team store, didn't you? Yes. My big claim to fame is that you can see my back in one of the uh, Black Friday commercials for the team shop. I got to work with stuff all day on that. And uh, if you don't know stuff, uh, you should. And second of all, he's actually, he's a riot. He's so fun to be around. He's a really funny dragon. I almost said guy. He's a funny dragon to be around. So <laughs> keep the mystique alive. 
Oh, cool. Have you, who's your favourite all-time? I mean, you've touched upon a couple of players from the 12, 13, 14 seasons there. Um, favourite current player? Favourite all-time player? I had to think about this a lot. So I think that my favorite current player is Michael Carter-Williams. And I know that's kind of a left field pick, but Michael Carter-Williams to me is who, if I had the ability to play basketball, I would hope that that's who I would play like. That man leaves everything out on that court every time he comes out. And I worried a little bit this season now that he has a contract and he's not, you know, proving himself to get on the team that he would lose that edge. And if that first game is any indication of how he's going to play this season, I, I want to keep him forever because he he'll go out there and get his nose broken just to win the game. He'll jump for those hustle, those 50, 50 balls. I think we need a lot more of that on the team. So anyone that's going to put it out there every night as hard as they can, I'll take him. So Michael Carter, when his current favorite player. Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Um, you've seen a lot of jerseys then. If you worked there nine years. You've seen the throwbacks. You've seen uh, all sorts of city jerseys. Um, what's your favorite one that stands out? That's a really hard question because I have. Um, I think a lot of the fun of working in the team shop is that we get to, we get to see these things early, so we get these catalogs every season, which has the the jerseys and the different things that are going to come next season, and they all have these you know do not take any photos, top secret kind of stuff, um, and just seeing what's coming down the pike is always super interesting. I think my favorite right now, and this might not be a popular answer, is those um, orange jerseys from last season. I kind of miss that they didn't come back this season and they changed it up, but those ones are some of my favorite. I don't think they do enough um, risk-taking with the jerseys, not counting the sleeve jersey debacle, which, you know, the less said, the better. But <laughs> but I think that um, those jerseys are probably one of my favorite. And then not one that we wore, but the Christmas Day jerseys from a couple years ago that have like the uh, the cursive font. I love fun, those ones yeah. too. I wish we would have worn those, but we didn't play Christmas that season. So. I think you've already given no. the answer. What's your least favorite jersey? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really not partial to the sleeve jerseys. Um, we were stuck with those for a while. A lot of people kind of bristled at them. Um, I think those would probably fall into my my bottom jerseys that we've actually worn. Yeah, Your favorite ones, Dan. We've got a split here. Um, Paul likes them uh, and Michael doesn't. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah, uh, I don't I, mind I, them. I think. Yeah. I absolutely love the uh, last season's City jersey. I think it looks really clean and classy. I really <laughs> do like it. Uh, yeah. hey, Mikey, you know, mentioned Danny, have you mentioned the silver jersey? Didn't you say something about the the fit of it when you bought you bought one? You found the fit different. Oh, what the sleeve jerseys? Yeah, I bought yeah. I bought it in a. I used to wear. I think because they were Adidas back then, weren't they? So I had a I had a small size jersey and I normally fit in a medium or a large, and even the small was like enormous on me. It's like I think Booch had worn it the game before. <laughs> it was that big. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just they didn't. They, I actually liked the jersey. I think if they had done it without the sleeves, I didn't mind the color the color concept as much with those those grey sleeve ones. But yeah, I don't think anybody really liked the sleeves. I remember was it LeBron in the finals and he is ripping them off, wasn't he? I don't think anyone was a fan, but yeah. Yeah, those were enormous on me, even a small. And I'm six foot one, so. <laughs> um, Dan, how do you see the, um, I mean, we've talked about how we, you know, think the team will pan out this year. What's your thoughts on this season's roster, how we'll do? 
I think that we do have a good roster of people. Like I said, I don't think that Anthony is going to be a big contributor yet. I think it'll be more interesting to see what he provides next season once he has a season under his belt and he's comfortable. Um, I think we, I think we're going back to playoffs. I know that's kind of a bold statement after one game, but I think that we can definitely get back to playoffs. How far we go is really going to depend on injuries and uh, a few other factors for sure. Um, but I think that we have a strong team. I think we're going to miss DJ. I, I don't want to admit that, but I think we're going to miss DJ Augustine, that veteran presence this season. Um, I'm excited to see what Okiki can do since uh, he's kind of an unusual situation um, being out and then coming back in. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts in his kind of uh, first season, so to speak. And then uh, just to see how our other guys have, um, have adapted and stuff and, and all the new people, of course. So, I'm excited for the season, but I'm excited for every season. So, Yeah, no, cool. Interesting that you just mentioned Okiki then. I um, didn't get a chance just to mention about him in the Hawks game. He reminds me of a Trevor Ariza type player. You know, long, lengthy, good defensively, can put the ball on the floor. Um, and, you know, if, if he turns out to be like a Trevor Ariza, he, he'll, he'll do very well. So, um Right, moving on. So, Eastern Conference preview. Let's go to the bottom of the Eastern Conference, shall we say? <laughs> Whilst we look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Detroit Pistons, and the New York Knicks. Now, Paul's written a very comprehensive uh, preview um, of the Eastern Conference. So, he has all the stats. So, he is the man for this job. So, I'll just hand you over to Paul whilst he breaks down those three rosters. Okay, we'll we'll take it alphabetically. I'll start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, okay, coming in, finishing fifteenth in the Eastern Conference last year on a nineteen and forty six season, twenty fifth in the offensive ratings and twenty ninth in the defensive rating. It's fair to say that they really did not have a good season. Um, they have. Drafted at number five, a guy called Isaac Acora. I've probably pronounced that wrong as normal. Very good, Paul. Oh, have I got it right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that David Seal will correct us at some point, and now I'll have got it completely wrong. Uh, who he is seen as a very, very good prospect. Uh, they have lost a couple of players in Jordan Bell. Alfonso McKinney is perhaps their most notable but there's really very little that they've had move out. What they have brought in is interesting. In uh, They've picked up uh, Thonmaker, uh, Javel McGee, who's obviously just come in from the Lakers. Uh, but overall, you don't look at them and feel that they're going to make any great moves. The projected starting lineup, according to ESPN, is Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, uh, they're actually putting Acora as coming straight in, along with Kevin Love and Andre. Uh, put my teeth in, Andre Drummond. They re-signed Delavadova. Uh, they've got Larry Nance Jr. As I've already said, they've brought in Javel McGee, uh, player I really do like. Uh, guy Seddy Osman. I think he is one of those guys who always puts that effort in. Uh, Picked up Thumbmaker, as we say, and uh, they've also got Dante Exum. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to be a team that you fear, but they are going to surprise some teams on a night. They're not going to turn up and not compete. They've got some quality there. It's just whether they have a blend that can 
move them further up from 15th. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not convinced. No, I'm not convinced at all. Daniel. How do you see it, guys? About the Cavs, do you see much like what Paul just said? I, I think I have to agree. I think that the Cavs have a problem that they don't have an identity right now. They have a lot of young talent. They have people that, you know, can be good or will be good in the future on this team or another. But there's nothing that really defines them as a team. I'd be hard-pressed to say who's their uh, offensive threat or, or who should we worry about on a given night. I mean, anyone could pop off and have a good game, but there's nothing there that really – identifies that team so uh, I think until they have a franchise piece or until they have a, a team of really good producers I think they're kind of a team with no identity which is why they fall where they do in the rankings and in their production per night yeah, yeah they're really relying on uh, Colin Sexton and, and Porter to take a jump aren't they really and I think they're still too young to really uh, they've got role players around them haven't they like Drummond and Kevin Love um, I think Kevin Love's wanted out since LeBron left, hasn't he? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't really see them. I don't see them doing a lot in the East this year. Garrett's already said, I think they're going to be one of those teams that can surprise somebody if you're having an off night. If you're not going to come in prepared um, and ready to play hard, I think they can catch you out. Um, but yeah, they're not going to do a lot in the East this year. No, I mean, if, you, if you're the Cavs, you've got players like, you say, Drummond and Kevin Love. You'd look at them to try and uh, mentor and nurture the younger talent. But, you know, from what Mike just said, they're grumblings from Kevin Love wanting out. It's not really the best place to have him. Um, I don't know how long's left on his contract. Is he on a couple of years left? I think it's two um, years off the top of my head. Yeah, and it's a lot of money. So you might look to see them moving him next year, but um, probably not this year. Then to Detroit. Um, I'm not sure even God knows what Detroit have done in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have brought in uh, Jahil Okafor, Josh Jackson, Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, Delon Wright, Wayne Ellington, uh, Rodney Magruder. Uh, <laughs> you look at it, it's just lots of big players, lots of tall, tall guys. Um, I think at centre they are going to be well and truly overloaded. Uh, and they play five centres at the same time. <laughs> you look at... Uh, they, they are coming off of... Again, they, they finished 13th in the East, coming off a season of 20 and 46, 21st in offensive rating, 22nd in defensive rating. However, that figure is probably skewed by the fact that it was mid-season. They were wholesaling moving people out. Uh you know, and, and in this off-season, they've moved away from Langston Galloway, John Henson, Brandon Knight, Thon Maker, uh, Jordan Bone has gone, obviously to us, uh, Luke Kennard, amongst a whole load of other names, Tony Snell's in there. There's, they've then drafted four guys, uh, Killian Hayes at seven, uh, Isaiah Stewart at 16, uh, Sadiq Bey at 19, and then say, uh, oh, here we go. Saban Lee at 38. Um, you know, that that's a whole lot of readjusting to make. You've, you're not going to have any chemistry to start with. So I would be very surprised if they hit the ground running. Uh, projected starting lineup Killian Hayes, Delon Wright, 
Jeremy Graham, Blake Griffin, and Mason Plumley. Yes, in Derek Rose, fantastic backup point guard. But honestly, you'd look and think, no, I'm sorry. You, it, I, it, it's hard to pick between them and the Cavs for who is actually going to come bottom again. But I do believe, again, in the same way as I said about the Cavs, they will surprise the team on night. And it's and it's these are the games that we, as the Magic, don't turn up at sometimes, almost assume that we've got a win coming and we get stung in the backside by these sorts of games. Dan? I, I disagree with a little bit about the, the bottom feeding. I think we have to note that Blake Griffin does exist, although he only played 18 games last season. If he comes back even a shadow of his former self, and that's a big if, they could have a offensive powerhouse there that draws a lot of attention. Without him on the court, uh, I don't think their chances are very good of going anywhere. But if Blake Griffin is producing and he's actually there for more than 18 games, I think they have a chance chance of moving up a little bit from last season um touching on Derek Rose a little bit I think Derek Rose um without the pressure um from his previous teams is actually doing very well now and I think he's settling in in that backup point guard position really well that's not going to win you a lot of games unless they're close but I think it's interesting to see without the pressure on him to be the iconic player that he was he actually does a lot better and I wonder how much of the pressure got to him prior to the injuries getting to him just trying to be the center of attention for a team so interesting to watch just to come back, if I can, on uh, Blake Griffin, I I saw uh, the Pistons with Blake a couple of seasons back, and his partnership with uh, Drummond was really impressive to watch. They beat us on that night. Um, the thing I'm not convinced at is that Mason Plumlee is as good a foil for Blake as Andre Drummond, and that's where I think that you could see them take a little bit of a uh, backward step. But yeah, I do get your point exactly, Darren, Daniel, that Blake's there and he's still a good player. Looking at the roster, I think they're a team in transition, aren't they? I don't think they're bad enough to finish it. I don't think they're bad enough to finish last in the East, um, especially when you've got Griffin, Derek Rose, Jeremy Grant, players like that in there. But when you've got four draft picks coming in this season, Blake Griffin's only got one more year after this year. Derek Rose is expiring. I'm looking at them as an as a as a selling team, especially around the deadline. I think the Magic are a good example of a team this summer, oh, this summer, this off season, where it's there's so much uncertainty around what the league's going to look like this year. Teams are being a lot more cautious, and I think that's. I think that's what the Pistons are doing. They're in that in-between stage where they're thinking, well, let's stay competitive. Let's bring in some young players. Let's try and develop them and bring them in. But if we get a good offer for a Blake Griffin or a Derek Rose and we can gather some more draft picks or some more assets or another youth, uh, another young player to go in with that, that group, that's when I can see them changing. They're not going to take a jump. I don't think they're, they're not better than the other teams we've spoke of, spoken about the last few weeks but yeah I, I don't think they're one of the worst teams in the east but they're not going to they're not going to make a lot of noise oh, I agree with everything you said um, I think they're a bit better than the, the worst of like you said um, the only thing I don't get is the direction that the um, front office has taken 
you draft three rookies, you've got a player like Griffin, Rose, etc. Um, you sell off a, a trade off or, you know, um, move a couple of others. But then you throw a lot of money at all these centers. I don't get what that achieves. It locks you in to salary cap difficulties. Um, you want to be getting players like what we have, Dwayne Bacon. He's on a minimum contract. Um, you know, they're expendable. You throw money at Mason Plumley. I don't know how much he's on. You might have the figure there, Paul. But no, I don't. If he, I don't have that. He's on eight million. Eight million. Okay, that's not too bad, I suppose. But you know, if you throw in 12, 13, 14 million at various players over um, a couple of seasons, I don't know if they're one-year contracts or not. But you're restricting yourself cap-wise. So your best bet is to tear it all down and almost, you know, have a bit of a fire sale, draft three rookies and build upon them. Um, so I don't, I question their direction a little bit, but um, apart, from Jer- apart from Jeremy Grant, a lot of their um, veterans that they've got on the team are expiring next season. So the only players okay. that they've really got locked up long-term are a lot of their draft picks. So again, okay. that's why Makes I think they're, t- that's why I think they're a team in transition because they've got those young players, they probably want to add more to it. And then Blake Griffin's not going to be a long-term fit there, and, and Derek Rose isn't either, is he? Okay, and the New York Knicks, Paul? Right, the Knicks. Um, yeah, it's hard to know exactly what their front <laughs> office have done as well. Uh, <laughs> let's start with last season. They finished 12th in the East, um, 21 and 45. In some ways, I feel that they actually outperformed what you were expecting of them. So there's clearly a spirit. I mean, we saw that when they played us on a couple of nights. Uh, 28th in the offensive rating, 23rd in defensive rating. Uh, according to ESPN, their projected starting lineup features um, some point guard called Alfred Payton, um, RJ Barrett. Uh, their draft pick, who they took at number eight, uh, Obi Toppin, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. It's not the worst, but it's not the best by any stretch of the imagination. Where they have a little bit of um, presence is coming off the bench. Uh, if uh, Frank Nitigalina, however you pronounce his name, why do I put myself in these positions? Nitigalina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> French do <dude. laughs> um, if he can finally have some development that you know you saw how he played in the uh, fourth rounds in the uh, in the in the World Cup he had he has some good games they've also got Alec Burks who they've uh, brought in Nolan's Noel Noel uh, Austin Rivers has joined uh, stop laughing, Mikey. <laughs> Just, I did actually stumble over that one. I know how to say that one. <laughs> um, Amari Spellman brought in. Kevin Knox, uh, they've got as well as a backup. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. At some point, he's. Everybody expects him to have a, a breakout season at some point, and it's not. It's just not happened yet. Interestingly, they've moved off. Um, Mo Harkless has moved on. Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, um, Bobby Portis. So, that, again, they've moved 
quite a few players out. Um, overall, I think they've probably improved. I think they've probably slightly improved. But again, in the same way as we was, as we've said about the other two, they are a team that is looking to develop. And I don't think some of these players that they have are a long-term fit. I think quite a few of them are on shorter-term contracts, people like Alfred. Dan? I think, uh, I think Paul was really astute in his observations there. I think that they are a team that uh, got back more than they gave up this season um, with their changes. Uh, Alfred, and I don't mean to pick on a former Magic player here, but Alfred has two really big issues. Um, one of them is that he's great at layups and bad when he shoots. Just numbers-wise, if you look at it, it's not as good as it should have been. And um, although he's working to improve it a little bit each season, I'd like to see more improvement than I do. Um, back when he was on our team, I saw the difference between Aaron Gordon between seasons in terms of how well he was shooting and with Alfred and just didn't seem like either the amount of work wasn't um, being put in or just he wasn't getting those returns. And then and, uh, he has the other big issue that plagues point guards that drives me nuts and that he doesn't shoot free throws very well. And if you can't have your starting point guard in the game in a crisis situation, you have a big problem. I'm looking at you, Rondo. Yes. Rajon Rondo <laughs> has one of the worst free throw percentages of any guard and it drove me nuts when people would tell him yeah he's a great point guard but if you can't have him in for the last two minutes of a game how good is that really so th those are my uh, points also Austin Rivers I'm going to point this out great name for a mediocre player and I know I'm going to upset some fans with that but it's true he's got a great name could be a better player to live up to that name it's a, it's a Seth Curry situation I, I'm just gonna say I think the the Knicks are the worst team in the league. <laughs> sorry, sorry, in the East. I'll put it that <laughs> the worst team in the East. Um, they've they're gonna be another one of those teams where if you're having an off night and you're not prepared, they'll give you a run for your money. There's, there's a lot of young players that are gonna work hard. I worry about uh, Tom Thibodeau. I think he was made head coach in the summer. Um, I worry about him with a lot of the young players. Um, there's a lot of players that, that play hard. Um, Obi Toppin looked really good in his debut the other night. I saw some highlights in the Knicks game. I think they played the Pistons. Um, but yeah, I, I, the thing that puts the Cavs and who's the other team we talked about? The Pistons. The Pistons. You've got two really, really good players there that can lead the team in both teams. Um I don't really see that with the Knicks. They're just a mix of good role players and young players. And there isn't really there that you can say they're the standout leader of that team. I just think they're a bit of a mismatch. There's some good players in there. Um, I like Mitchell Robinson. I think he's a, I think he's a good solid center. Um, Obi Toppin, I've already mentioned, had a really good game in his debut the other evening. RJ Barrett has got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to finish last. I'm just going to leave it there before I upset anybody else. <laughs> yeah, i got to agree with Mikey. Last or second, but last to the Cavaliers for me. Um, I do think there's a team out West that's worse than those two. Um, so when it comes to the lottery night, I expect one of them to be getting one of the top picks. Um, in New York, they're, they're hoping that they're going to attract a key free agent um, it's not happened for them. Uh, B. 
be it down to you know management and uh, owner of the Knicks. Um, they're looking to strike out. They need to strike out with a good rookie, um, and they've just missed on all their on their draft picks. Um, you know, my mate Mark's a big Knicks fan, and um, I, I get to wind him up all the time. It's brilliant, but. Um, you want to as see a New Magic York fan have a good as well. team. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you want to see New York have a good team. Um, I don't mind the Knicks at all. Um, and, you know, I hope they can turn it around at some point. But, you know, just not as good as us. So, yeah. Right, I think that brings uh, the previews of the East to an end. So, it's Paul's favourite part to the show now, I believe, Paul. <laughs> oh, I, I wait all week for it. <laughs> so this week's question. Um, so I'm going to let Daniel have a pick of these. Okay. So what I'm looking for is the highest individual point scorer for the Magic in an individual game per season. So Daniel's got a choice first of 2019-20, 18-19 or 17-18. So I'll let you take take a pick, Dan. Uh, we'll go 17-18. right. So I have four performances on, on my sheet. Can you name the players and how many points they scored? So you can take a stab in the dark. So uh, do, do you have a list of the roster from the 27-18 season? <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> it's not that much change. <laughs> okay. The current um, players. The current players. All right. Um, I will say Aaron Gordon was one of them. As for how many points, we'll go 25. That's probably low, but we'll go 25. Oh, yeah, that's way too low. Okay. Have another some good performances there. Higher. Uh, we'll go 35. I'll go. Keep, keep uh, going. Wow. Something. Okay, 44. That's my final answer. Final answer. No, so the, the top performances from that season – um, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic both scored 41 in separate games against Brooklyn, uh, one of which AG scored 41. We won 125-121. Vucevic's 41 came in a loss, 121-126. to And the other two performances uh, of note were AG, 40 points against Oklahoma in a win, and 39 against Miami in a loss. So you look yeah. at that and you think, Vucevic... Um, Aaron Gordon scored 41, 40, and 39. That's incredible. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But it was three years ago. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. I want to yeah. see it this season. Me too. No, yeah, right. I'll, I'll go to Paul next. Do you want 2018, 19, or 19, 20? Um, let's go 18, 19. Okay. I've got three performances, current players. Okay. I would say Vooch is there. I would say Aaron Gordon is there. And I also, but I think the highest could well have been Evan on a night. Right. So uh, Vucevic did top score for the team that season in 130, 117 win against the Lakers. He scored 36. Um, The other two performances um, Mm -hmm. of note were Terrence Ross with 35. And the next with 32. So, um, yeah. Evan had a period. I know. Yeah, Evan's highest was about 31 that season from uh, going down the rabbit hole. 
So that leaves you, uh, Mr. Clark. 2019-20, top three performances. Uh, Booch. Is one. Fournier. Is not one. Not, no? Okay. No. Uh, I'm going to go AG. Is not one. Oh, I'm doing well here, aren't I? Uh... <laughs> I'm so happy somebody's finally done worse than me. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Faults. No, it's not faults. No. Okay. It's someone uh, you've got a jersey of. T. Ross. It was Terence Ross. Yeah. Is there one more? So, um, it was Terence Ross twice. Okay. Terence Ross. So Vucevic scored thirty-five against the Bucks, as we know in the playoffs, the game one in the, in the win. Um, Terence Ross scored thirty-five at Miami in a loss, and he also scored thirty-three against Minnesota. Was that the comeback win? Did we come back in that game? If I remember yeah, that's rightly? what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's this week's quiz rounded up. Um, thank you very much, Daniel, for um, being our guest. Um, it's been real, real good fun talking to you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a big fan and uh, I was happy to be here. So thanks for having me on. Good stuff. You're welcome back anytime. So um, thank you for listening. You're subscribing. Uh, you're liking us and, you know, just keep viewing the pages. Um, until next week, go Magic. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify and YouTube. Check out our website, orlandomagicuk.com, the UK home for fans of the Orlando Magic. And support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official merchandise, including the NBA, the NFL and many more. Follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!